0: Hey there, Word Wizards, and welcome to this episode of Am I Right Podcast. I am your host, Sheridan Sharp, and I'm excited to bring you insights from authors, editors, and agents from around the globe. Because while we write alone, writing doesn't have to be solitary. Am I right? Hello, Word Wizards, welcome to another fabulous episode of Am I Right? Today, I have got multiple topics I am very excited to delve into with our lovely guest, Priyanka Taslim. She has got a little bit of a Jane Austen spinoff. She's got a little bit of to all the boys I loved before. Which, when I read that, I immediately was it was on my Goodreads right then. And <laughs> she's just so fun, and I'm very excited to you know kind of delve into her mind and for you to get to know her. So, Priyanka, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience a little bit? Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Sheridan. Um, Please. so
1: my name is, uh, Priyanka Taslim. I am an educator and author from New Jersey. Uh, and my first book, The Love Match came out at the beginning of this year. Um, it follows, um, it's set in my hometown of Patterson, New Jersey, which has a very large Bangladeshi diaspora population. And growing up, I never really saw any books that were set there. Um, and, uh, then as, uh, I just thought the, the inter-politics of a place like Patterson can be so interesting. Uh, So I wrote The Love Match, which is about a Bangladeshi American girl living in Patterson, New Jersey, um, whose meddling mom decides the solution to all of their financial problems is to set her up uh, with this boy from a wealthy local family. Uh, But neither of them are interested in this. They think this is like a very old fashioned concept. Uh, So they come up with their own scheme to pretend to date just to keep their families happy while sabotaging the relationship from within. And at the same time, she works at this local tea shop and she's falling for this very cute new guy who just started working there. But she knows her mom wouldn't approve of him. So she's trying to keep that one, that particular budding relationship hidden, um, even as she creates this disaster with this other boy uh, to convince her mom
0: once and for all don't set me up. (laughs) And if that didn't sell it, I don't know what would. (laughs) The cover is absolutely fantastic. So fun. And it feels like there's going to be a lot of mischief and meddling and some lighthearted fun as well in there. And I love that you're introducing us to this new community. I think there are a lot of communities that we don't get to, you know, be a part of, which is kind of what this show is about is kind of building a writing community and, you know, crossing cultural borders and just getting to know each other better. So. Uh, and thank you for coming on, by the way. I should have thanked you first because we are very happy to have you. Um, happy to be here. Too, if you want to learn more about her, you've got a really good bio on her website. There's articles that she's written on her experience, like how she got her agent, things like that. We'll talk. We'll touch on that. But if you want to know about it, definitely go check her out. Um, and just to save time and to really just delve into questions, I'm just going to start um, with some questions that I had. And I think that the, the audience will also have. And the first thing is, let's talk about Jane. Because Jane Austen is our love. She's a legend. She's the myth. And I i mean, I am always one for a Jane Austen retelling. But I wanted to ask you, as far as retellings go, I mean, my so my manuscript even uh, plays off of a Shakespeare play a little bit. And a concern that I always had at the beginning was was keeping it fresh. And, you know, it has this been done too much to be interesting. Obviously not. You're an example of this. But when you were. Creating this manuscript was that a concern for you doing re- retellings of Jane Austen, or did you not worry about keeping it fresh?
1: Uh, so first of all, I want to say I'm an English teacher, and anytime I hear about Shakespeare, just all the hearts. <laughs> uh, so yeah. I, I'm definitely a future reader of of that book uh, someday. Right. I'm always excited when I hear about a Shakespeare retelling and Austin retelling. They are two of my favorite authors. Um, I did have that concern of wanting to keep it fresh um, because uh, there had actually been a few other uh, South Asian or Muslim retellings of Pride and Prejudice. It tends to be her most popular work. Um, in the modern day. And uh, South Asian culture just kind of meshes with it really well, because we still have the meddling moms, the meddling aunties, all of that. Um, So Mm -hmm. I really wanted to be sure, even though there wasn't a Bangladeshi one yet, that it was still felt different. And the way that I went about it is that I kind of kept the heart of Austin's Pride and Prejudice, which is um, a story about family, a story about um, doing the, the what you feel like is the right thing from, for your family, having a lot of love for your siblings, having this complicated relationship with your parents that's still ultimately loving, because I feel like as frustrating as uh, Mrs. Bennett can be, her heart is in the right place. She's not right. saying any of these things because um, she doesn't feel love for her kids. It's because she feels this love that she, she acts out the way that she does. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just uh, the the relationship, uh, Elizabeth's relationship with the world, where she's kind of telling us the social politics of our, our world and introducing mm-hmm. us to it. So those were the things that I really wanted to keep uh, within the book. Um, and so I kind of started out with Jane as, as the seed or Pride and Prejudice as the seed of like, okay, we're going to have a meddling mom. We're going to have sibling relationships. Uh, we're going to have this, this guy that seems very broody and, and, and complicated and, and they butt heads at first. Um, but I don't want to follow it beat by beat by beat. Um, especially as an English teacher, I feel like, uh, when I read retellings and this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but when I read retellings, I'll, I'll think, oh, okay. So this is that, this is the interpretation of that scene from the story. This is the interpretation of that in front of the story this character is meant to be this character and that can be fun for me because I like to analyze but once you've read a certain amount of the same retelling it does all start to feel par for the course mm-hmm. um so I just started off with that little seed and then after the beginning I let myself tell the story however I want so um mm-hmm. in the love notch for example there is no um there is no really mr um there's no Mister Bingley character. There's no um, his name is slipping me right now, but the, Wick the dad. <laughs> Wickham. You know, yes, there's no yes. Wickham. Um, Naeem, who's the boy that she starts working with in the uh, uh, in the tea shop, he's kind of a combination of the two of them. He's got like Mister Bingley's charming sunshine personality, um, and he he is this like viable other love interests for Zara. While Harun is like very clearly Mr. Darcy-ish, but because Naeem is more of a viable love interest, he's not like this automatic awful guy. Um, And there's no like, there's no complicated relationship where he's trying to get with her sister, or any of that. Um, uh, I think that it leaves the audience on their toes a little bit more. So they they wonder even knowing, oh, okay, the inspiration for this is Pride and Prejudice, but they're they're always kind of wondering um, who will she end up with? I've seen quite a few reviews that have said, some, some people have said, I guessed. And I thought, okay. But other people have said um, that it really did surprise them who she
0: ends up with, so I think that that's what kind
1: of gears off course and keeps things still fresh.
0: I like that. So you know, starting with the premise, maybe the catalyst, keeping it the same, that uh, that core part of Jane Austen, but then going on your own path, which is you know, they I guess they call it sometimes a loose retelling, right? But I I too have enjoyed retellings that stick with every beat of you know pride and prejudice or or what have you but there's also a predictability that comes with it and so i think keeping them on their toes is important so thank you for sharing i'm definitely going to mold that over in my mind and you know think about that with my manuscript too and uh i i hesitate to say this because i know that for new writers who are listening it might feel kind of disheartening but everything has been told before you know that's what we always get told, and the difference is that it hasn't been told by you. And so I love that you've pulled your culture in, and I love that you pulled in. You know, this a little bit of mystery about who she's going to end up with. I think that's what really keeps it interesting to the audience. Uh, something that you mentioned on one of your articles uh, is mentorship, specifically. You know, you you did get an agent, but some of the people who held you up were mentors, and I am very interested in this subject right now and i think a lot of us are especially as it's getting to be fall and the querying is going to go up and we're going to start working on our manuscripts more be outside less right i i wonder was mentorship key for you was it something that you knew about when you started um like where did that come from and how has it helped you with your manuscript
1: so it definitely um, played a, a big role. Um, around the time that I was working on, not the love match, but the book that ultimately got me an agent, but it took a while. Um, that book, um, I, I created my Twitter account for the first time. I Followed the the hashtag writing community um, and I was uh, seeing what everyone else was talking about. And that's when Pitch Wars, um, people were talking about Pitch Wars. Uh, And so for anyone who doesn't know about Pitch Wars, it unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really the unfortunate thing about being a writer right now. So many of those tried and true mentorship opportunities faded out of existence and the same is true for uh, some of those pitch contests. So I actually found out about the pitch contest first and I did a really, really silly thing, which is that before my manuscript was even fully done and definitely before it was revised, I thought, oh, okay, I'll pitch this manuscript um, and I'll get an agent, like I'll jumpstart the process. It's just me thinking ahead. So I pitched the manuscript. I got a couple of likes, which is surprising you know just because I had just jumped the shark jumped the gun and done this Uh Uh Um, but it didn't work out obviously it didn't work out and then um they started talking about pitch wars and uh I thought oh okay so I'll just enter that I'll enter pitch wars and see how that goes and I was I didn't get into pitch wars but it introduced me to the writing community in a much more close way um whereas um before I was just like seeing I, I, there was just so much going on, I was very overwhelmed, but I met a lot of people through pitch wars that I still know to this day. and I think that that's one of the most valuable things that I took away from it that even though I didn't get into pitch wars, I found this writing community and I found um, critique partners, I found beta readers, um, some of whom who I still have to this day. Um, so I would say honestly a good beta reader or critique partner um, is just as good as having a mentor. Um, if you have someone who is experienced, who is um, able to give you objective feedback, then that's just as important as having a mentor. If you can't, um, as I said, those those contests are not um, existing to the same capacity anymore. Mm-hmm. If you can't get into one of those, just finding a good CP can, can do wonders. Um, but I had uh, one particular mentor in Pitch Wars who was, gave me very thorough feedback on my first 50 pages, um, even though. Uh, I ended up not being chosen by her. And so um, that really was a good starting point for me. That was the first time that I got real feedback. Because before that, I had like non author friends who would like offer to read and, and give me their suggestions Then ultimately was like, this is good. This is great. Wow, you wrote a book. That's amazing. <laughs> Um, So that happened. And then later on, there was a pitch uh, pitch contest by Justina Ireland. I can't remember the right name right now, but it was specifically for authors of color. Um, And I was paired with uh, an author, Anne Aguirre, um, for that. And she was wonderful. She held my hand through the whole process of like rewriting my book completely. And then another DV Pit and pitch wars rolled around um and when i pitched my book then it got quite a few more likes and i started sending out the book and um between pitch wars and db Pit, which i think were a month apart um i'd gotten um a, a bit of interest in that query more so than i had before uh, so mm-hmm. that's what ultimately led me to signing with my agent uh and then other things happened but i did sign yes. with my I'm still with her so
0: okay yes and it's a lot to have to divulge so sorry for such a deep question but <laughs> okay. i i wanted to excuse me i wanted to see the path that you took with mentorship i think mentorship is a really good opportunity but like you said it's more a matter of trying to find the right mentor and and you know something that i've come across is you don't want to be pretentiously taking someone's time especially with someone who knows what they're doing um and being like hey can you just for free like and look at this manuscript and tell me what's wrong with it because it takes a lot right if you're a beta reader which by the way is very unprompted on brand with what we were talking about last week with my podcast that i did the solo cast we're talking about beta reading and how some are helpful and some are less helpful and so i my question is so did you have to really ask for this Feedback. I guess it was just given to you because it was a part of the contest, right? With these other parts of the community, was it an exchange? Did you say, I'll read yours if you read mine kind of a situation? Did you have conversations online before, you know, getting to know each other? Like, how did that come? How did that community kind of build for you?
1: Uh so definitely it started with um an exchange of manuscripts, but something I quickly learned is that not everyone is compatible with you at all. Um first of all, some people will not um put in the effort that you put in to something. Yes. yes. Um and then the other part is just people are not always compatible. Um, What they're writing may not be fully compatible with you. Uh, Their their way of giving feedback may not be fully compatible with you. So what I ultimately learned is that it's better to start small. Um, Like, hey, why don't we do like a one chapter swap, a three chapter swap, whatever else might be the case. Um, So that you kind of figure out from that feedback, do I even agree with this person? Or are they kind of misunderstanding the whole concept of my story Um, In which case, you know, we can keep talking, you're a nice person, but maybe you're not the right person to be my beta reader, or my CP. Um, So that is definitely something I took away from it. And I think um, with concerns that people have sometimes of like, will somebody take my idea? Um, Will somebody um, plagiarize my manuscript, whatever else might be the case, and it does happen. I I don't want to scare people too much, but it does happen, people steal ideas. Um, So one way to kind of guard yourself from that is to to kind of protect that manuscript, see um, if somebody's like being very over over eager, like, oh, yeah, definitely let's immediately do a manuscript swap. Just try it out first. Just like, you know, when you're dating, like you talk to someone for a little bit before you decide if you're going to get serious with them. I think the same is true of a CP relationship. Um, And ultimately, I built these CP relationships um, through things like Twitter. I would um, often um, do like a writing sprint on Twitter and I had my own like hashtag on it and I thought I would People, oh, if anybody wants to join, jump on! I'm writing right now, um, yeah. and that built a, a community of people that I, some of whom, as I said, I still talk to. Um, and so, as I find out more about their work, they find out more about my work. We would get into each other's DMs after a certain point and no longer be public on on Twitter. Um, now we're on Discord, some of us, and so and we still we do writing sprints and we talk about life sometimes too. Um, so it's definitely gotten to a point where I have um, this small um, group of beta readers and cps who i really trust with my work and so i don't necessarily look for new people between them my agents and editors i'm like okay we're good (laughs) yeah (laughs) we're good but it really did take a lot of work and there were a lot of um frogs since we were talking about dating earlier a lot of frogs kissed before we reached a few princes
0: (laughs) yes i i'm happy to hear that because it's not something that you can just some people are lucky to just come across the perfect, you know, beta reader or or mentor, but I think a lot of the time it does require some some heavy research. So that's awesome. Um, I'll move off of mentorship. I've drilled your brain enough for that <laughs> with the time that we have left. So my next question for you: You didn't have a smooth ride concerning queries. Surprise, no one does, and not that, not to say that what you went through wasn't difficult because I know it was personally. We we've all been there. Right. And when you were at the point where you, you know, were feeling discouraged that this was going to fall flat and that you had put all this effort into something that maybe wasn't going to happen. What did you do to remind yourself why you love to be a writer, why you wrote this in the first place?
1: So something that always happens to me, and I think this is true of writers in general, um, is that I can't stay away from it for too long. Like long before I knew that I wanted to be a published author, there were just always stories rolling around in my head. And they were kind of my escape from, um, I was like an anxious little kid. I still am. Like I've gotten better with my anxiety over the years. Um, Sometimes I would have trouble sleeping. I still do. And like one of the remedies that ultimately came from that is that instead of thinking about my own problems as I'm going to sleep, I just think about things that my characters would be going through. So mm-hmm. in that way, I'm a, I'm a little bit sadistic because I think of their pain and their suffering and that kind of <laughs> makes me forget my own. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, so what I ultimately realized whenever I get to a point of hopelessness, I need to take a break. Um and and kind of refill the will, uh the well as people talk about. I consume other media, I read. Um, if I I don't feel like reading or writing, I I watch a lot of things, I play games, etc. Um, and then ultimately what always happens is that I realize I need to go back for myself, if not for anyone else, I need to go back to telling a story because a new idea will pop into my head, or I'll get a new idea for revising that old manuscript that I think like, oh, it's it's over for that stick of work and it's done, but then I'll get this new idea. Like, what if I rewrite it like this? That could be really interesting. Um, And then I won't be able to get those characters out of my head. Uh, So I ultimately have to go back to telling the story. So I think um, that that's always been the case for me where anytime I'm at my, my, my dark night of the soul, I do need a break for a little while, but ultimately I can't stay away from it. And that's why I I think like, even if um, publishing never took another book from me again, I'd probably go back to my roots of writing fan fiction or something because I just can't stop telling a story.
0: Mm -hmm. And that's the core of what makes you a writer, right? This is not an easy uh, industry (laughs) necessarily, but it does bring us joy to tell stories. And I think we do it more often than we think. I've been told, you know, you, you always tell the funniest stories or, you know, like when we're watching a Netflix film, they're like, how do you always predict what's going to happen? You know, it's a part of who you are. It's not just something that you do, right? So I love that. Yes, thank you for that advice. It's always good to remember to take a little bit of a break. And sometimes you just need fresh eyes and your emotions are too close to the surface. And that's just what happens. So I want to point out that with these uh contests these twitter pitch i mean there are still some twitter pitch fests not all of them are there anymore um there are mentorship programs that are still out just not as many as there were before don't as a as a community of new writers we have to be careful not to be the reason that these stop instead be you know the kind of person that fosters them to continue so something that I really like to do in this podcast is, you know, I just want you to be prepared. So be prepared for that rejection and take it in stride and be, you know, strong with who you are. Remember why you're right, like Priyanka has shown us, and and give them a good experience. Give these agents and these mentors who are spending a lot of their time digesting this and and setting it up for you a good experience so that we can continue these, you know, communities and hopefully kind of build them up again and start building our own, you know, little circles of influence like Priyanka has. So we're running low on time and I have more questions I would love to ask you, but I would love for, if there's anything you want to say about future projects, I know that we've got one coming in 2025, tell us, you know, where we can go, what we can, what we can know about it right now.
1: So I might have two in 2025 just because um, things things got bumped and delayed. But I personally do feel like um, taking the time to tell a good story is more important than necessarily rushing the story out. I struggle a lot. I could probably come back on your podcast at some point and talk about how once I had all these deadlines what I realized about myself, but I struggled a lot with um, juggling multiple projects because um, after I sold the love match, I sold uh, a second project, my adult debut around the same time. And then juggling both of those things had become a big, big struggle. Um, And yeah, all of the sophomore novel syndrome, all of that sophomore slump everything kind of took hold in in many different ways because um, I essentially had two sophomore novels that I was working on simultaneously. <laughs> Um, but the one that has all of the uh, official information out um, is uh, My Adult Debut, which is a woman's fiction novel called uh, From Mumbai with Love. And it has a lot of similar themes as The Love Match. The Love Match also deals with um, grief a little bit because um, uh, the the impetus of the story is that Zara loses her father before the story takes place. And that kind of um, ex- then explores like the financial struggle of um, being the oldest child, of having a mother who was previously um, um, a housewife and is now like trying to be the breadwinner of the family. Uh, And then this book also deals with grief. So it deals with um, a young woman whose mother passes away and she never knew her father. Her mother was very, very secretive about who he was. Um, And so after her mother passes away, she discovers some things that her mother left behind and in her grief, she decides to take a DNA test because she doesn't have any idea of any mm-hmm. anything about her mother's side of the family, who her father is, any of that. And this DNA test connects her to one of her siblings um, all around the world. And through him, she finds out, oh, um my father is still alive. Not only is he still alive, but he has this whole other family that he's, they're all adults now. And I, all of a sudden, I am now the oldest sister of this family. Wow. And she ends up getting invited to one of the half sister's weddings. Um, and when she gets to the airport, she realizes that something's not quite right um, with her family because there's a private jet waiting for her. Oh, uh, wow. So her ultimate realization is that um, her father is this very wealthy man. um, And there's this this competition kind of going on for who's going to take over when he steps down as chairman. Mm -hmm. So she's into this like world of sibling rivalry. Um, And I like to think of it as like succession meets like Princess Diaries or or, uh, succession meets like Princess Diaries slash Crazy Rich Asians. Um, So it's more like the tone of those other two, the latter two, there's not as much backstabbing or, mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, the darkness of succession, but it it is about these siblings and their like rivalries with each other and this like father-daughter relationship, Mm -hmm. mother-daughter relationship. So it's been a lot of fun to work on, but as you can tell from like it's a complex thought too so that's part yes. of the reason why i struggled yes. so much with it
0: yeah well any themes any deep human themes identity and and you know personal worth that's always going to take a lot more emotional input and sometimes it's exhausting excuse me to yeah. to put them all in on a wall in on a page in a day so I, I love it I'm excited to read it I obviously will be will be following you and I would love to have you come on the show again and talk about you know more about your struggle and what's coming up for you but where can we go to get more Priyanka in our lives online what what can we visit
1: uh so um, I have a website priyankataslim.com and on the website is my link tree and all of my socials um and so I'm on Instagram and X pretty often it kills me to say X but X it's <laughs> odd pretty often um but yeah Linktree has um a lot of updated information I put all my links there and I have a newsletter as well I don't update it as much as I should but I do have one as well.
0: Lovely. Make sure you check her out see what she has on her website for you. There are resources there. There are resources for new writers. I've seen it myself there's some interviews, some fun times and get excited about what she's bringing to the community because it sounds like she really is a member of the community. And that's what this is about. Power of communities, power of writers coming together separately, but together in our homes. And I I love to see it. I love to see how it worked for you and the mentorship. And, and so it's been a real pleasure to have you on. So thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Sheridan. This was great.
0: Absolutely. It was my pleasure. And for all of you word wizards out there, I hope you continue to write on. Can you see ways to improve your writing process already? Thanks for joining us on this excellent episode of Am I Right? For more information about the podcast, guests, or upcoming episodes, follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Write on, WordWizards!